If you're praying, just keep praying. Just a second ago when I stepped up to this pulpit, it wasn't because I was at loss of words, but I promised a long time ago that I would never, never step in front of the move of the Holy Ghost. Ever. And I know God has done some things already, but I know and I feel in my spirit it's not through yet. I have fought and I have battled over the period of the last week. I have prayed. I have prayed. I have sought the Lord. And the Lord has spoken to me specifically, directly. I have fought all kinds of chaos to get to this point. I have never fought so much torment to get to a pulpit before. And I have preached many sermons. My heart has been troubled. I have been torn. The Lord spoke to me specifically on some things, and some of it brought back some things that's not quite pleasant to me, me personally. So I had to relive some things all over again in my past, and I thought that had been put behind me, and it was, but for the benefit of this message, it was brought back to my attention. If you will, turn with me to the book of Mark, the ninth chapter. Starting in verse number 14. Mark the ninth chapter. Starting in verse number 14. Says, and when he came to his disciples... He saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. He asked the scribes, What question ye with them? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and he penneth away. And I speak to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithful generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And he brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tarried him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. He asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it had cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. 
help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. The spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one as dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. I'm going to preach for the next little while, and I shouldn't be very long. But I'm going to preach to you on a title, Silent Battle. The Silent Battle. If you would, put your Bibles down, lift your hands towards heaven. God, we praise you and we glorify you and we magnify you, Lord. We thank you for your presence that has filled this sanctuary tonight, God. I just give you glory and praise for it, Lord. We know that you have done some things already and touched some hearts in this place tonight, God. Lord, but I know that there are others that have not been touched yet, that have, have not felt the urgency to come in this day and this hour, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint everyone in this place, Lord. Anoint my mind, my mouth, Lord. Lord, I rebuke and bind anything that would come against this move of God that I know that you want to do in this place. And pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I did a little bit of research on how many words average a person speaks during a day's time and couldn't find anything that was just all the same. It just kind of varied around from from 7,000 words a day into 16,000 words a day. And really, really the number is not that relevant, but words we speak every single day is just part of our, our daily routine. And it, it's not just how many words you say, it's what you are really saying with the words that you speak. And, you know, words are powerful. We, we know that there's power in our words. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we know that we can either speak positive or we can speak negative. There's both sides. We can either build up or we can tear down with our words every single time. The book of James in the third chapter just about spends the entire chapter speaking about an unruly tongue. And, and it gives the examples of a horse bridled and a, and a ship with a rudder. And we know that what that basically means is however we speak, that's the direction that we will go. If we speak positive out of our mouth, then that's the direction we will go. Likewise, if we speak negative, we will turn and head that way likely. And we know that, that we use use words many days and, and, and we use it for communication. We use it for, for witnessing this good gospel that we love and we worship and we read all the time. And, and we have to use words to praise because without words, you can't praise. You can do different forms of worship. You can raise your hands. You can clap your hands. You can dance. You can stomp your feet, whatever you feel led to do. But if you're going to praise God, you have got to open your mouth and speak forth a word you you've got to use our words to encourage we've got to use our words to pray but i don't think we're using our words to our full potential 
Words have been used since the beginning of time. We look in the book of Genesis in the first chapter, and right off the bat in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And it says that God moved, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and, and the earth was without form and void, and it was darkness. And, 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 but one thing I don't see after he stated that is I, I don't see anywhere where God looked at that darkness and said, you know, I can't stand this darkness. He didn't call Gabriel and Michael over and say, come on here, Gabriel and Michael. Look at this darkness. Isn't that the most pitifulest thing you ever saw in your life? What in the world am I going to do? I don't see in Scripture where he said that immediately after it was, was said that it was the earth was filled with void and, and darkness. Immediately God said, let there be light, and there was light. He didn't focus on the problem. He didn't focus on just the need at hand. He, 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 he didn't carry on and, and, and tell his brothers and sisters all about it and how bad it seems. And, and I'm not negating the fact that we need each other. We need somebody to talk to. What I'm saying is we do too much talking about the problem, about the need, instead of speaking directly to the problem and directly to the need. And I wonder just how different things in our lives would be if we would directly speak to the need or the problem. And, and I don't find it ironic that the very next thing after he created he spoke all of this into existence that we see before us and he created man and and immediately breathed life in his lungs and the very first job that he had was he was brought every beast of the field never fowl of the air he said you name them the very first job that he had at hand in this word was Speak. Speak to it. I'm going to bring it to you. You get to name it. How many times are things brought to us in life, in general, and we don't name it what we should name it? We get different diagnoses and we accept those, and, 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 and I'm, not be, I'm not beyond doctors, okay? So don't, don't misunderstand me. But I come from the old school. It got just about as quiet as I thought it would get. Do you know and understand why they see more miracle signs and wonders in far off countries? Because they don't have the luxuries that we have in the U.S. They have nothing but God. And if God don't do it, it just won't get done. We've become too spoilt. We've become too spoilt to the luxuries of this life. And I'm not beyond doctors. I'm not beyond medicine. But our first task at hand should be go to God and speak to the issue. All throughout the Old Testament, we see that God would speak to prophets. He would speak to men and women of God and he'd give them the mouthpiece to thus saith 
the Lord. He would you know, see the people of God. They would praise and they would shout. The next page you turn over, they'd be complaining. And then turn the next page and they would praise and they would shout for what God had done. And you turn a couple pages over and they would go to complaining again. And and so all throughout history, he would he would speak to prophets through the Old Testament and they would bring forth what word that God wanted put forth. And, and now we as Holy Ghost-filled saints should be speaking the word that God speaks to us. We are the conduit. We are the vessels at this point in time. Yes, they're still prophets, and I do understand, and I believe it wholeheartedly. One of my old mentors was a prophet. I know that they still exist. But he has given each one of us, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, the ability to be that conduit, that vessel. We look at the book of Joshua, and we see where Joshua, and I'm just going to paraphrase this for the sake of time, and in the 10th chapter, and we see where the sun was going down, and, and Joshua needed a little bit more daylight to conquer the enemy, and so he spoke to the sun to stand still, and it did. Then it says in the verse 13 of that 10th chapter, it says, and the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people have avenged themselves upon their enemies. And it didn't go down about a whole day. Now we know that God is no respecter of persons. And we know what his word says, that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if that be the case, and we know that it is, if he did it then, he'll do it now. And then we keep on going, and, and, and we see in the book of Matthew that centurion soldier, that Roman soldier who said, you know, he came to Jesus and said, that my servant is homesick of the palsy. And Jesus said, well, I'm going to come and heal him. And he said, no, 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 you I'm not worthy that you should come unto my house. Just, just speak forth the word. And, and the word went forth, and it said that that same hour that his servant was healed. And you say, well, that was Jesus. That's not me. Well, the word of God says, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, ye shall do also, but greater works than these shall ye do. So we cannot use that as an excuse Then we get to our text. And this is the part, church, that I struggled with. Some of you know me, but you don't really know me. It makes sense. I've got a past, and we all got a past to some degrees. I guess you could say some's worse than others, but we all have a past. And that's why when we sang that you're worthy of it all, when it means so much to me because I look back where I used to be. I look back over what God has brought me through. And if he never does anything else, he's worthy of it all. 
and I owe him everything, and he owes me nothing. But when we get to our text, preceding this text, Jesus and Peter and James and John have just come off the mountain where transfiguration had taken place. And of course, the scribes are around the, the other nine disciples and they're questioning them just like scribes do. They come down and the first thing Jesus asks me, so what you what what question you with them? What 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 are you at? What are you bothering them with? And immediately a man from the multitude answered and he said, I have brought unto thee my son with a dumb spirit. Now this dumb spirit that many of you may know, some of you may not, it's not what we would think dumb is. In the Greek, it comes from a word, alelos, which means mute and unable to speak. If there was ever anything that the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to silence the church. He is trying to make the church lose its voice. That is one of his main objectives because can I just preach to you for a little while? Let me just get a little transparent. And this is tough for me. I'm just going to tell you it's tough because I know I'm going to have to relive some things. What the enemy is trying to do is to silence your voice, to make you hush, where you don't speak the word anymore, where you can't even get the words to pray out of your mouth. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you there's some people within the sound of my voice, and I felt it in my spirit all week that whoever would be here, I can't pinpoint who you are, but I'm going to tell you that there are people in here within the sound of my voice that it's not just life that has hit you. We all deal with life pretty good. But when life hits you, plus the enemy continuously is just throwing storm after storm after storm after storm, and you have exhausted every option, you have, you have cried to God, you have, you have prayed to God, and it seems as though, I'm not saying it happens this way, but it, it seems as though God doesn't hear your voice. You don't see any results, you don't see any answers, you don't see anything that is changing, and as a matter of fact, it just seems like it's just continuously getting worse day after day after day you continuously you're pouring yourself out until you finally get to the point where you don't have the words to speak anymore you get to this point and it seems though you can't make yourself crack open the bible you you know scriptures you know 
what the Bible says. You, you know that he says that he will never leave you nor forsake you, but yet it feels like he's left you and forsaken you. And I'm not saying he has, but it feels that way. You're going through a silent storm. You, you, you can't hear the voice of God because your voice has literally been taken from you. And when you cannot speak forth any words anymore, it seems as though you get deaf to the voice of God. I can't hear him. I can't, I can't utter a word. I, I, it just seems like everything I try just goes south. This boy was mute. He was unable to talk. But it went further than that. The disciples tried to cast it out. They couldn't. So you know the daddy had done got discouraged because they had been tried to pray it out. Yet his boy was still suffering. And no doubt that when he said, Lord, I believe, but help mine unbelief. No doubt it was because time and time again he had cried out for his boy. And he didn't see any results. Other people had prayed for him and, and he didn't see anything change. It just, it just seemed to have just gotten worse and worse. And, and we know that that it says in the Bible that oftentimes it would throw him into the fire and into the water as to destroy him. And we know that that was a suicidal spirit. This is where it gets uncomfortable. I've been there. I know what it feels like to be in a position where as a young boy you cried out and you cried out and you cried out. Different people had prayed and you saw no result whatsoever. Seemed like everything you had touched Something went wrong. It looked like it was nothing ever going right in your life. And I had finally reached the point as an old teenager where I was tired. I had gotten in a bad way with some worse people. And that suicidal spirit came on me. And as I sit there in that pickup that night, all to myself in the woods somewhere, felt like I was all alone in the world and nobody to speak to. I attempted to take my life. Now how I can sit here and tell you that he's worthy of it all. It's because I can tell you that that night I was in that pickup and I made the attempt upon my life to just end it. I was through. I was tired. 
I can say he's worthy of it all. Because had it not been for me visibly seeing the hand of God that stopped it, I wouldn't stand before you today. I wasn't going to do it, but I feel it in my spirit. I'm going to talk to the young people for just a minute. Young people don't ever get to the place where you quit talking to God, where you draw away from God, because I'm going to tell you this world will chew you up and spit you out. This world will act like it cares for you when it cares nothing for you. You stay close to the people of God. You stay close to the saints of God. Draw close to your youth pastor and his wife. Stay close to your pastor and his wife. Don't ever neglect the forsaken of the assembling of yourselves here because you've got something better to do so you think in the world. This is important. This is where the rubber meets the road. The enemy is trying to attack you. It attacks all of us. But if it can get the younger generation, he's got it. You all are not the church of tomorrow. You all are the church of today. Mm. Mm. I feel something in the Holy Ghost. Let's, let's stop just a second and pray. Close your eyes and lift your hands. Yondurasatakamaha <laughs> ye. Yondo rosso to comaha, so to kahahakamaye, kekasondo roto to comaye. I'll tell you something that. That enemy has three purposes in your life. To steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his main goal. And he begins to destroy you while you're young. Before you ever reach your full potential. Before you ever see the callings that God has on your life. He can nip it in the bud before it ever transpires. You'll come to steal your voice, steal your joy, your peace. Kill your passions and your desires, kill your callings. Destroy you spiritually. Just completely annihilate you. But church, I've come to tell you, there's a second part to that scripture, the thief coming but to kill, to steal, and destroy. There's a second half. Jesus said that I have come.
that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. It may not be the cool thing to do. People may look at you, talk about you, make fun of you. Even if they're not in your mind, the enemy wants you to think that they are. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to talk to the parents for just a little bit. I didn't have perfect parents. But I had a praying mama. My mama didn't quit talking. But she at some point in my life. She changed the way that she talked. And I won't never forget the words that she told me. She was pretty blunt. She didn't know sugarcoat. And I was as deep and far in the world as I could possibly be. And she said, boy... And I quote, boy, I'm through talking to you. I'm about to talk about you. And I knew exactly what she meant. She didn't have to say another word. Because that meant that she was through talking to me any words. But she was going to start declaring something to God about me. She was through talking to me, but she was fixing to start talking about me. That scared me worse. And I can tell you what a praying mama can do. She's passed and gone now, but here I stand. Here I stand because of the mercy of God and a praying mama. I'm going to tell you, church, when you get to that point, as many of you have, you can't speak, feel as though your voice has been taken. You alone are not going to be able to do it. I see nowhere in that scripture, in that text, where that boy got up and went to Jesus. It says, and they brought him to Jesus because you can reach a point in your life that you don't have the strength nor ability to get in the presence of God you have exhausted all options and there you are you can't do it by yourself and it says and they brought him my God if there was ever a time that we brothers and sisters need each other and we need to pray in the Spirit. 
and intercede on other people's behalf and let the Spirit lead us to go and get those who don't have the strength to come and get in the presence on their own and we would lead them. We would lock arms and said, my brother, my sister, I've got you. Let's go. We're fixing to get in the presence of God. I know you don't have the strength to do it on your own, but I'm here with you. Hallelujah. We move to Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. It says, For verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and thou shalt dot in his heart, shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, I have no doubt that we pray about our mountains. I think we do a pretty good job of praying about our mountains. Where I think we lack is speaking to the mountain. You get on your knees and you pray about the mountain, but it's not where it stops. Your job is not through. It is time that you get up, up off your knees, dust yourself off, and commence to speaking to the mountain. That's where we fail. Musicians, you can go ahead and make your way up here. Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Very familiar voice, uh, verse of scriptures. Ezekiel is placed in this valley of dry bones. And when you get to verse number two, it says that the bones were very dry. So it wasn't just a dry situation. It was a very dry situation. It was a horrible it was. It looked hopeless. There was no hope whatsoever if you used your visible eyes to look at what was going on. You were dropped off in the middle of that situation, and yet it looked hopeless. Verse 3 says, Son of man, can these bones live? His answer was probably what all of our answers would be. It would probably be the safest answer that we could be. Oh, Lord, thou knowest. Which basically means that you've been set down in the midst of a horrible, horrible situation. And the Lord is asking you, can this situation live? Can you come out of this situation? Can you make it through this? Oh, Lord, thou knowest. Lord, you know. Obviously, the Lord knows. He already knew. Son of man, prophesy. 
prophesy to the bones. Y'all stand with me just a minute. Speak to your situation. There's some of us who seem to can't utter a word anymore. Got in some desperate situations. The Lord's saying, speak to it. Speak to it. I know it looks bad. But you can't focus on what it looks like in the natural. Because if you focus on what it looks like in the natural, it looks hopeless. It looks like you can't come out of this by you. I mean, it just is not going to happen. It is just desolate. It is not going to transpire. What I want you to do, and I'm fixing to open up these altars. And right now, I want each one of you to think of some desperate situations in your own life. We've all got some situations. It may not be hardly nobody knows about it, but we've all got some situations in our life. We may be the king and the queen of hiding it from everybody else, and that's fine. But we've all got some situations that we need to pray about. But we don't need to stop with prayer. I'm not negating or belittling the fact of prayer. We have to have prayer. But from that point on, get up and prophesy to it. I have prayed about my lost children. I have not prophesied about it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I said, God, I put it in your hands. He says, I'm not through yet. I want you to do some more. I'll take care of it, but you've got to exercise your faith because some of them are at the point where they can't do it on their own. They have gone too far in the world and they're so sunk into the world and the world has gotten sunk into them that they alone cannot do it. Speak to them. So when you step out of those chairs and those aisles, I want it to be on your mind to start speaking to those situations. And if you see somebody by themselves, they may be the very one that does not have the strength to make it up here. That's when you go back there and you lock arms with them. Say, I got you. I got you. We can do this together. I'll be here for you. Let me be your voice for a little while because I know you might be struggling with your own voice. But mm. So I'm opening these altars. And I want each one of you to step out and start prophesying. 
Don't, don't just go through the motions of saying it just to be speaking it. What I want you to do is I want you to visualize 